Welcome to Analytics for Society, the podcast where we discuss how analytics can be used to have an impact not only on business, but also on key topics such as sustainability, public fraud, and health, using technology for a better tomorrow. I'm your host, Jan Seglem, Managing Director in SAS Institute. Today's discussion on leadership in the post-COVID-19 era was an inspiring conversation and after-talk that I had with Christina Hoferness, Chief Customer Officer at Amesto, and Mats Johansson, CEO at Aquamarine, during the Oslo Business Forum 2020. I hope you enjoy. So throughout the day, we have learned that change is nothing new. Disruption is nothing new. But here I want us to discuss how modern leaders respond, innovate, and use technology to lead in such situations to come out better on the other side. We have also agreed to dig a bit below the surface to understand not only what to do, but why and how you could do it. So with that, Christine? Yes? Let's kick it off with you. What are your key reflections, uh, insights from today? Well, um, I think uh, from the start of the day, I think really the tone was set. I think Nina Ribe from Ekona said it so well. It's all about the people. Mm. And if that is not a key reflection uh, from today, then I don't know what is. It's mm. all about enabling them, uh, informing them, keeping them energized, uh, communicating, and also having that sense of purpose, that common purpose, um, uh, and, and uh, really caring about your people, I think, mm. is going to be key. It's mm. mm. a very good reflection. Any any to build on that, Mats, or any other yeah. aha moments? No, I think to build on that importance of purpose. You know, that's how you drive engagement and energy with, with people. And I, IKEA talked a lot about uh, purpose and, and RKB Marine also. We've been a purpose-driven company for, for many, many years. But I saw something through the COVID crisis when it came to purpose. And that it was that how strong fighting COVID as a purpose was. Mm. So even if our purpose, I would say the purpose RKB Marine has is very good, it's improving human and planetary health, it's important, but it's not burning platform enough for everybody to gather around it and fuel energy and go and work. And I really felt through the COVID situation, everybody was fighting the same thing. We were going to fight this, we were going to survive it, you know, we're going to make sure everybody is safe and we're going to, you know, as a company, kind of continue to, to develop. And I think that... To, to, to learn from that and how you can create a purpose that is so strong that you can get that energy. I think we saw that very clearly through, through the COVID crisis. So how did you do that? You know, that COVID crisis, they came from the outside and then you're sitting as a CEO and leading a company. So how do you use that, mobilize around that? I think kind of me and everything around was mobilized for us. Hmm. So I think it was more about how we responded to that, how we were able to keep people informed. I think uncertainty, it becomes a lot of uncertainty in a situation like that. How do you keep talking to people? A lot. Hmm. Personally, I have the video calls with everybody every day. Like three, four minutes video snippet that we, we pushed out just to make sure everybody has the information they need so that they can feel safe, mm. that the company is in a good space. Mm. But I think that, that purpose was creating from the outside. And then we just need to fuel it. Hmm. We had a conversation earlier today as well where Ger Hoy from Kongsberg uh, talked about a lot about the crisis in an industrial company and a global company. You know, the glo globally it became kind of like smaller and closer uh, than before. He also talked about you know us being people being social animals. You know, how, how do you how do you lead you know social animals when nobody's meeting? Christine, do you have a perspective no. on that? 
actually, I, I uh, uh, really uh, felt uh, and recognized something that is said that, you know, the, the branch offices have never felt so close to the main office. Um, and that is so true for us at Amesto as well, because this in this hybrid world that we that we used to work in, you know, where, where some of us met at the office, at the main office, and then all the branches had tried to connect, uh, that is now turned around because we're all working remotely. Um, and in that sense, it, it kind of creates a, a different atmosphere where we all are all equal and we have to all utilize technology to uh, come closer. And, and obviously, we have also digital platforms to do that. Uh, you know, instantly turning on to, to uh, Teams meetings, obviously, and also utilizing um, our workplace channel a lot mm. to connect and inform. Um, and we're still doing that. Mm. Mm. So before moving on, I just want to touch a little bit more on that because we talk about, you know, digital tools but we don't talk that much about digital enablement, you know, and digital proficiency and how do you get people engaged on that? And you have introverts, you're extroverts. And so, so how did you, do you have an exam, practical examples? Have you done that in Amesto? How you got that engagement on the digital channels? I, I think the key is you can't just, there is this Norwegian expression that you, you put power or electricity to paper. You can't just work in the exact same way, just digitally. And I think throughout this crisis, we have learned new ways of engaging. And I think the important thing now is to uh, um, keep that creativity going. And obviously, just um, experimenting with new digital platforms uh, and also how we work. I think uh, each and every company has to find their own way. Uh, and that's also a challenge to the technology companies that can enable this creativity, maybe in a better way in the future. Um, and then sharing the learnings as we go along, as we do in our, our project uh, Futura, um, that has been initiated by our, our HR and also is, is cooperating with uh, numerous companies across industries to find out, you know, how are we going to work going forward? Mm. So I, ju I just want to like pause the, the conference today a bit and then go back to the 12th of March and we had a, like a lockdown. Uh, and, and we also shared some personal reflections during studio talk earlier about, you know, the importance of authentic, authentic leadership and trust-based leadership. Uh, but you've had a lot of activities during those six months. You didn't stop doing things. Uh, you went on the on Merkur Markets in, in July. You're going on the Oslo Stock Exchange early 2021. You know, you didn't allow disruption to, to slow you down. You, you mobilized. You talked a little bit about it before as well, Mats, but how, how, how did that come around? Yeah, I think it's a little bit in the DNA on our com in our company, you know, to to take risks and and move forward. And and I kind of I'm an uh, old skateboarder, you know. So when, when everybody did their education, I was skating the, the the streets of Oslo, you know. So so I have a little different uh, approach to things. And and if you look at a skateboarder, what they're good at is that they're perfect in balancing the risk because their investment into the sport is their body. So if you take the risk too far. You might injure yourself significantly mm. or even die, right? But you have to take that at the risk to progress. Mm. And I can apply that to business as well. It's to find that perfect balance of risk. And I think the best way to do that is that you need to empower the people. And we, we call it the, the reverse execution model, where you have kind of people sitting closest to the topic that kind of drives the business. 
then the risk needs to be absorbed by the managers. Should not be okay to to fail. A lot of managers believe that I just come up, I can I can put pressure on my people by them feeling the failure. But I think it's the opposite. We have to, as leader, put it on on our shoulders. And and I think the reason for that, and and there's actually research on that, is that human nature is about not taking risks. You know, so we actually value losing something twice as much as gaining the same. Probably came from when we were cavemen. You know, if we get some extra food, didn't help us much. If we lost all our foods, we could die. Mm. So it's human nature not to take risk. And that's why we as managers have a very important task to push people to take risks. Mm. I think that it's a fantastic point. And also, if you look upon you, Christine, you're kind of like very enthusiastic about innovation and diversity. Be very engaged in diversity, and we all know that diversity might, you know, tend towards taking no um, a crisis might tend to, towards taking less risk and being more conservative and yeah. actions, whereupon we want more diversity. So how how have you seen that play out during the during this situation? Yeah, and and it's so true what you're saying. Um, you know, while we know that. Uh, uh, absolutely, there is a there is a tendency, you know, towards stability, to what the, the known structures are, uh, towards tradition during a crisis. It's actually the leaders that are able to uh, use the diverse teams, as you say, take risks and innovate that will uh, get us out of the crisis and find those new solutions. Um, and obviously having diverse teams and really focusing on that is key because we know that uh, diversity, both reg with regards to gender, culture, age, uh, background, is, is actually um, correlated uh, with, with innovation. Uh, so that's a... That's a, a a key focus area, both mm. for us uh, and it should be for all leaders mm. during these times. So a question to both of you, because diversity, we talked earlier on the conference about introverts and extroverts. Mm. But when you go to diversity, you, have, you, you get all these individual experiences of the crisis, meaning you also need individual leadership of many people. So how do you handle that? You know, in a global company, it's one way. And also, in a, so if you say in a, in a global company, Mats, how do you handle all those individual experiences happening? Hmm. It's different in Norway than in India than in, you know, Southern America. Yeah. Any reflections on that? So first of all, I think it's now the age of the introverts. Hmm. You know, actually digitalization and, and uh, video conferencing and less kind of, you know, person-to-person -person interaction is good news for all the introverts <laughs> out there. But I think... Here we are sitting here in Norway and we are in the middle of the corona crisis, but really we don't have a crisis in Norway. And uh, Akibima is a global operation. We have offices all around the world. For instance, in India, there's been a lockdown in India since March, where actually people are not even allowed to go out or they're flat. Mm. One person, one hour every day just to get some groceries. That is, that's it for half a year. I think we don't know what the crisis is. And I think being a global company, you have to adopt to the situations in India versus how it is in, in Norway. And I think people need to be seen for where they are. And I think the fact that we've also kind of got a lockdown here in Norway, so we were working from home, gave us the time to actually call around. And me as a manager, I spoke to much more of our employees through the, those kind of uh, weeks we were home mm. than what I normally do. And first of all, it's very valuable for me to get that input, but I think it also provides a lot of energy to our people to kind of mm. get that type of mm. interaction. Yeah. 
I think we had a great example on that earlier today as well in Danske Bank, where where uh, someone sent an email out and got tons of response. You know, it took days, but that was kind of like a really important leadership thing to actually see, you know, see and, and meet people. So if we move on from that and, and think a bit about the changes that this situation has created, uh, uh, Christine, you've been a visible person in the Norwegian ICT industry for years and working with uh, IT. And uh, you talked about teams earlier. Um, any any new ways of using technology in this situation that you would point out, in, you know, beyond teams? Um, yeah, obviously, using a variety of digital tools is important. Um, and and I even believe that you know through and I and I, um, I have experienced the, uh, during this time that uh, the digital connections you can you can build are actually. Uh, sometimes deeper than the ones that are physical. Um, one example is that during the, in the midst of the crisis, UDA, uh, the Women in Tech uh, Network that I lead uh, as a, on a voluntary basis, we engaged in a, in a strategic partnership with a finance sector union in Norway to, in order to promote uh, diversity and uh, tech competence in the finance sector. And uh, the project team there, we had some meetings during the evenings. Um, and normally we would meet, obviously, in, in an office, but here we met uh, while sitting at home. And then when we met for the first time physically, for the first event, the podcast, it was like, I really knew these people so well. And, and then I really reflected on how, how can that be? And I think... It is because when you're sitting at home, like for instance, I knew that the son of one of the persons, he came in back to his mom and we had a, a meeting and had just been at the dentist pulling a tooth out and was bleeding. You know, you get into these conversations and into uh, people's lives and that's a connection you just don't get at the office. Mm. That's a very, very good example. <laughs> Any of those examples on your end, uh, Mats, for the last months? Yeah, yeah maybe I think... Uh, yeah for the employees to see me in the private setting. Mm. I think that is, I'm, I'm a normal mm. person too, mm. <laughs> you know, mm. with kids, family, and they were yeah. home, you know, at the same time. Mm. I, think, I think that was actually important to get, to be able to create that yeah. uh, connection. And then I would say that also my personal experience is that from those weeks we were all locked down, everybody was home. Mm. I found that a great experience, you know, it mm. was very efficient. The meetings were shorter, there were more to the point, we got more out of it. Mm. But I think the hybrid we're in now, and the hybrid you're most likely going to continue to be in mm. is very challenging to be a manager in. We have some people at home, some people in the office, where you actually you tend to forget those at home, you're focused on those that are there, you don't get the efficiency gain of actually everybody being home. I think that's one of the biggest management challenges that we're going to face into this kind of new era coming out of this COVID situation. Have you already started digging into how you're going to handle that? Yeah, and I don't have the answer. I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, I think we heard here too. I mean, some mm -hmm. people say, okay, spend three days in the office, uh, two days at home, you know, to make sure everybody's in the office and, and mm -hmm. at the same time. But I don't think it's that simple. So I think it just kind of managers need to change their work, you know, how they work and different type of ways of dividing up the day and, you know, starting the day with the calls to everybody and then having the meetings in the afternoons. I think just, I think it's about how we train our managers and how actually our managers are able to cope with that mm. situation. 
I had a reflection on that when I listened to Morten earlier today, and I really wanted actually Morten to join this one as well, because it would be good fun to discuss with him, because sometimes it, it can be a bit p- picture perfect, you know, all these advices you get from the outside, mm. whereupon you have to feel your own company, you have to feel your employees and find the right path for you. And I think you both uh, are doing a lot in that sense, both in Amesto and Akobu Marine. So if I move on to, we're on the 24th of September, 2020 right now, and we look beyond this uh, situation. I know, Christine, you're a believer in finding small, kind of like life-changing ideas that can uh, can uh, set new directions. What will be your key leadership skills that you bring on after this situation where, okay, or after today? Yeah, I, I think you're so right. And I think we've heard it so much today. I mean, how we work, how we lead, how we travel, how we live, it will really change immensely from where we are today. Um, and I think we just have to embrace both the technology, but also those changes as leaders and, and really be focused on learning all the time. So I think that's a change that I'm going to make, is to make time for that learning and make more time for that reflection. And then, um, as you talked about, uh, again, taking risks and trying new things and and, um, enabling and empowering um, our employees also to do that, Mm. I think is is the key to to, uh, moving forward. And in that um, sense, I, I... I think really caring about your employees um, and also sharing that both a purpose, but also setting really uh, goals that are clear, I think is super important mm. for everybody to know. At Amesto, we have this tight, loose, tight concept, and it's, it's about, you know, tight goals, but freedom in how you execute and from where you execute yeah. um, mm. that I really believe in. If you were to pinpoint one mistake you've done over the last six months that you really learned from, something that changed you, what would that be? I haven't prepared you for that, so this is just on the fly. Uh, Oh, I think there have been many. Mm. Um, I think, actually, it's uh, believing that everybody wanted to participate in that lunch-guided meditation Mm. Or, or that, that everybody uh, wanted to uh, have the same level of information. So really just, you know, uh, drilling into the individuality that I mm. think is uh, a key learning. Mm. M- even more individual leadership. Mm. Same for you, Mats, or any other reflections on your end? I, I mean, one reflection I have is that, you know, through this crisis, uh, we were able to do changes quite quick. So it took a week and everybody was on video, everybody was using digital tools, something that normally takes a long time. And I think that just proves that things is possible to do quickly. Mm. Just need to have, again, that purpose or that uh, burning platform to actually do those changes. And and I think we can learn from that for other things and, and say that it actually is possible if you just want to. Mm. So, so I think kind of that's uh, one reflection. When it comes to, to mistakes, maybe my biggest mistake, maybe not in exactly in this crisis, but that I learned through the crisis is that you cannot under-communicate. You know, we used to have uh, monthly tone meetings and, and I felt that we were over-communicating by doing that. I think we learned through this uh, crisis how powerful it is to communicate, you know, if not daily, at least weekly. Mm. 
with the whole organization on what is going on and how much that will help and empower the organization to do the right things. Mm. So in those communications, because I really agree, and I think the communication part is so important. I also think that uh, as a leader, the ability to connect the dots and create that red line in, in terms of what you actually do and why you do it. So any, any specific learnings in that sense on how to do that communication better, you know, more both personal and also get kind of like the Alcobi Marines business goals into that. Yeah. How do you do that? So, I mean, for me, let's say two learnings. Mm. Uh, change the town hall meetings to not be town hall meetings, but actually that me sitting in a room by myself on a screen with a video. Yeah. Because I think what we learned is that previously we had a town hall meeting, so everybody in Oslo, they got to see me face to face and I was kind of operating in a face to face environment while everybody sitting around the world, they got a non-optimal experience. Yeah. So now we're making it for the video tool. I mm. think that's number one. And then number two is that I think it is all about making it short and sweet. You know, so, so my update to the organization, which I do now twice a week, is three to five minutes on a video on my mobile, wherever I am, when I'm just kind of reading in what I'm thinking about what's happening right now. And it, it's low-hanging fruit, easy to do, and, you know, it doesn't take a lot of time for people to actually get that mm. short, short update. Mm. Great examples. You want to build on that, Christine, on your side or Amesto all up uh, RL the CEO of Amesto and owner in Amesto was on stage earlier as well he also talked about purpose yeah so yeah definitely I mean the the three pieces we call it people mm. profit planet I mean it's a it's a, the whole platform of Amesto that everybody believes in mm. uh, so that's obviously a foundation that and and actually you know being guided by our values has been so being guided by our values has been really important during this crisis. You know, how are we going to engage with employees? Uh, and just checking that uh, the whole time has been super valuable. Um, and then I also wanted to, to emphasize that uh, getting that external perspective in, getting um, uh, cust the customer perspective in, and in addition to, to obviously communicating uh, our ideas and, and communicating with the organization, um, engaging partners, uh, and, and sharing both across industries with competitors. I think that's, that's actually also the new normal for me. Yeah. Sharing even mm. more. Mm. Mm. Christine and Mats, thank you so much for joining the after talk. Thank you. you just and for being not only sharing the, the sunshine, but also sharing personal experiences and, and stories. Really appreciate it. So and to the audience, I think uh, leadership has always been both rewarding and, and tough. And COVID-19 is putting us to a test uh, in this sense. I think if I take my three key from today, there's a couple of things that stand out. I think you get fantastic momentum in an organization when you build and embrace a trust culture. The enablement of digital proficiency, you know, using digital tools, it's not only about the what, it's also about the why and the how. And remember, data does not drive organizations, empowerment and decisions do. You have been listening to Analytics for Society and a podcast recorded at Oslo Business Forum 2020. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.